Let's take a look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Who's been added? Who's been dropped? Were they the right moves? Can you make the right moves? Who should we be paying attention to? Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I don't really have any understanding of why people think that there's a problem with Tyrese Halliburton's voice changing. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. You customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That is 150 bucks if your bet wins. Visit fanjuel.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Double bang? Yeah. I don't know what you've been doing across the break, but I just hope that you've spent all of this time double banging because that helps everybody. It makes us all have a good feeling. We get to watch the videos. We get to download the audio. We thumb it up. We leave comments, we ring bells. What a great way to fill in your time. In fact, you could probably quadruple bang over this time. I don't think anyone would have too much of a problem with it. We're talking waiver wire. Now, I'm recording this on, what day is it? Tuesday. Tuesday in the States at about 6.30 p.m. We will start to get tomorrow injury reports filtering in, and that will impact some stuff. So tomorrow, I will do a full Thursday look-ahead show, give you an idea of streaming options for that very busy day, but also an injury update show will come tomorrow. No point me doing an injury update now and going, yeah, like everyone's questionable, right? So we'll do more of that once we get a little bit more information filtering in tomorrow. But I just wanted to have a look at our standard waiver wire sort of stuff that we do. And that's what we're going to do in today's show. Just take a look at transactions and trends and things that have happened and things that maybe we're able to get ahead of. Earlier this week, I did a show talking about some players. I think that was the top 12 players who might be able to be um, really interesting, come from nowhere sort of guys late in the season. That's not to say that we go and stash all of those guys right now, but just give you an idea of some names to just see the direction that some of these teams take. So there was that show that's already done. We've done the top 10, uh, sorry, top eight um, improvers, risers. We've done the top seven uh, fallers in terms of production. So go check those shows out. And now we're looking at the waiver wire. So let's start the waiver wire by talking about who is at the moment a must roster player. I have looked from today, obviously no games today, through until the 10th of March in my projections, which for some of you will incorporate the first week of the playoffs. For some of you that will lead you up until the start of your playoffs. For some of you that will lead you until one week to go. In, uh, until your playoffs. And for some of you crazy people, it will lead you until two weeks until your playoffs. And for you in Roto, you don't have playoffs. So you're well aware of that. So let's try to have a look at guys who are available in like um, uh, 50, 45% of leagues, majority of leagues who are active. That's a better point. Majority of active leagues, guys that even if it is just short term, shouldn't be sitting on the wire. So these are the guys that I like to be. Even if you look at them and go, well, they don't have a great schedule. Their quality games aren't good. That, but these guys, the way that I project them, it doesn't matter. They become startable players, I think, over this time frame. And that schedule part of it doesn't really exist that much for them. Got it? Hope so. This, of course, is not an exhaustive list. If I put six names up, which I do, that doesn't mean there are only six must roster players. In fact, 
there's probably 120 must roster players. There might be even more, right? These are the six guys that I wanted to really highlight here now. And number one, we are going to go with Sterling Scooter Henderson, who is going to be the start of the rest of the season. Um, that means pretty strong minutes. It means, hopefully, that Malcolm Brogdon... I did the air quotes. I should have done the fingers crossed what I meant to do. That Malcolm Brogdon doesn't come back and start playing 33 a night. There are going to be bad scoot games. I guarantee you this. He has fixed his, fixed his free throws. They're awesome. His three-pointers don't look now, but they're actually pretty good. It's his two-pointers that are trash. But I do think that as the season goes on, you'll get more responsibility, a little bit more consistency in the shooting, and I just don't think you can leave Scoot Henderson on the wire. These are category league ones, by the way. I've got Trey Mann there. I, along with everybody else, has no idea what is happening with LaMelo Ball. I don't know. He might come back. He might not. I don't care. For the time being, we roster Trey Mann, and if it turns out we have to drop him, we drop him. Also, I... For this, I and you'll say, Josh, you're a hypocrite. I'm not, and let me explain it. I don't care that he has two games in the playoffs. I don't. I have I had a problem with taking guys in the first round when there are other sort of equivalent players in the first round who had two games. That's where I like go, Ugh, no for two games. If I'm adding someone off the wire, I don't care. And if we get to the the playoffs and they've got a two game week and I need to drop them, you know what I'll do? I will, in fact, jack them. So I don't care about making waiver moves of these sort of a player to go, oh yeah, but their playoff schedule sucks. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Their value might actually turn. Imagine Trey Mann becomes a top 40 player and then a two-game week makes him a top 80 player. Then whatever. It's great. You don't have to think that far ahead for these waiver moves unless you are like, I am not competing at all over these next couple of weeks and I'm strictly just planning for the playoffs. Then you make you can make that decision. So Trey Mann's there. Aaron Neesmith's here. We still don't have the results of his uh, scan for his leg injury. I am putting him here just with a, a caution, just in case there's there's not anything wrong. Serious? I, I don't think there is. But he left the last game before the break with a leg issue. But I think he needs to be on a roster. I've got the speaker, Keontae George. He was awesome the last game. That's great. He needs to be on a roster. There's no guarantee he continues that. But like Scoot... The Jazz have gone, yep, he is our starter now. They will continue to keep more usage into him. His shooting has improved. It's not fixed. It's not going to be always great, but it's improved. And that's that's a start. And then I think they start to pick guys off. And Jordan Clarkson won't play and Larry Markin won't play as we go through the season. So that's more and more towards George. I've got Marvin Bagley there. Yeah, it's Marvin Bagley. He just needs to be on a roster. There's no one coming for those minutes in, in Washington. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Whatever. And the other one there is Kelly Linick, who also left the last game with a back problem. I don't expect it's anything serious. We haven't heard anything about it. We'll get more of an update tomorrow. But he needs 23 minutes, and he's a 12-team league guy. That is it. That's all he needs. So if he gets those minutes, you put him on your roster. Very, very simple. So just do it and do it now. For points leagues, six names, a lot of the same sort of names. Scoot Henderson, Marvin Bagley, Trey Mann, all on that list. I've got Brandon Pajemski on this list. I do think that Pajemski needs to be rostered in category leagues as well. He's got a little bit more stability in his um, points league value because the free throw issue doesn't really rear its head. I don't know what happens when Chris Paul comes back. We know that Pods is starting over Clay Thompson at the moment, and that's enough just to make him a must-roster guy. I've got Keontae George on there, and the other one I've got on there is GG Jackson. Now, we've talked about GG at length. GG is a much better points league guy than category league guy. His category league value depends on whether the shots go in at 43% or 50%. Because if they go in at 50%, then yeah, he's a category league option. And he probably should be on a roster, but there's going to be a lot of issues where it's like, ah, tall Jordan Clarkson did it again. But in a points league, you don't really care. So GG Jackson needs to be on every points league roster everywhere. There are going to be so many weird things with that team, but GG should be rostered. Category leagues, I get it if you don't want to. 
because of the deficiencies in the way that he can actually actively decrease the value of your team with certain situations. And that's reasonable. I get that. But he should be on a points league roster. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio Sportsbook. Get buckets with your first bet on Fangio, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It doesn't have to be a money line bet. It doesn't have to be a parlay. It doesn't have to be anything. Just a $5 bet. So you might say, hey, let's look at GG Jackson and his points prop. Like, is he set? What's the number set at? 16 and a half. I think he might do more than that. I think he might go over. And you can play that, place that $5 bet. You win it. And you get $150. Or you can just look for teams that are playing against the Pistons and juice the money line on them and get you $150 that way. You've got all the favorite teams and NBA players available to place bets on quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So go to fanjuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Fanjuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They've got the power of LinkedIn behind them. It's got a vast network of more than 1 billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring on LinkedIn is so easy and so good that so many small business owners tell us that they get the qualified candidates they need. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of posting that ad. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make this process easier as well. They launched, uh, they just launched a feature that helps you write the job descriptions that you need, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That is linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so we've looked at the must-roster players. That must mean it is time for us to look at guys that are uh, droppable. Get that garbage out of here! So, again, when we talk droppable, because there's always a new person jumping in to the, to the show or haven't seen it for a while and don't understand what I'm saying. When we're talking droppable players, you don't have to go and drop these guys. In fact, there might be short-term value in holding them. The schedule might make sense to hold on to them. But when you assess your roster and you go, oh, there's a great option here on the wire. Do I really need to hold on to this bloke? And hopefully this list gives you the answer. Look, no, you don't. So when we look at it, I've got Russell Westbrook at the top of that list. This is category leagues. Westbrook, there's just not enough A, upside in minutes, B, security around efficiency, um, even assist rate and rebounds has dropped. It's not there. Yet he's rostered in like 90% of leagues because his name is Russell Westbrook. And fans of Russell Westbrook are definitely 100% rational and calm all of the time. So I just don't think you need to Rusta, 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 Russell Westbrook. You know what I'm saying, Russell. Um, you don't. You can if it fits a very specific situation. But there are a lot of people who have Westbrook on their teams that aren't in that very specific situation. They're just hoping for a time machine back to the glory days. You don't have to hold him. I've got Boyan Bogdanovich here. The the Knicks are going to welcome back straight after the break. Isaiah Hartenstein. Boyan Bogdanovich, they're both going to play as is Dante DiVincenzo. All three of those guys were out the last game before the break. We don't know when Ananobi and Randall are coming back, but that might be coming. Randall, I'm a little worried about Randall, to be honest. I do think that he might get extended out. I don't know about OG. But for the short term, Boyan is okay if you want to roster him. But I see absolutely no way that Bogdanovich maintains 12-team value once one of Ananobi and Randall returns. And honestly, 
The last game before Boyan sat out, he wasn't useful anyway. He played like 25 minutes off the bench. So if you are in a situation where you go, like, I'm just, I need to activate someone off my IL list and Boyan's my worst player, eh, see ya, bye, done. I've got Dennis Schroeder here. Again, there'll be people who say you don't need to do that. And I agree, you don't necessarily need to. But Schroeder started the last game with Ben Simmons out. He was bad. He's consistently been not very good. He had a really hot start this season, but just as a general rule, he's a poor permanent fantasy producer. And he's a bench point guard. And I would expect, unless Simmons has a setback, huge possibility that Schroeder's minutes will come down. There's also Dennis Smith on that team. They've got a new coach. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But if Ben Simmons goes from 24 minutes to 28 minutes, those minutes come from Schroeder. So I just don't see that his value, he needs probably 32 a night to be this clear must-roster guy. He'll become an excellent streamer on nights that Simmons is out, although last time it was bad. I just don't see him as a guy that has to be held on to. Got Jordan Clarkson there as well. Now, the man on the street, J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-A-S-O-N, I think I spelled that wrong, but he can have hot streaks, that's for sure. But he's a points and threes guy that lacks in a lot of other areas and just has wild hot and cold streaks. And I talked about it with George earlier. I think they might just sort of peel him back a little bit. As the season goes on, they try to worsen their draft spot. They try to give more responsibility to maybe Bryce Sensible, but Colin Sexton and Keontae George, you'll just see Clarkson start to get a finger injury or you know, a, 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 an ankle soreness or something will come up. I'm fairly confident of that. I've got Jalen Green here too. Jalen Green had a nice little two-week run where people were like, hey, Jalen Green, eh? He's figured it out. Well, he hasn't because he's bad again. And Ime Yadoka is not happy with his production. And I think there is a let's say a 20% chance that they shake their starting lineup coming out of the break. And if they do, it means Jalen Green goes to the bench. Green does nothing apart from volume score. His rebounds are up at the moment, that is true. But his efficiency continues to be an issue. His overall production's an issue. And if he goes from being 32 minutes to 27 minutes, well, you don't want to touch him in category leagues outside of streaming for points. And the other one there is Malcolm Brogdon. Yes, he's hurt at the moment. He might come back. But when he comes back, they're not coming back and go, all right, Scoop, we've lent into you as the starting point guard. But old man Brogdon's here, so can you just take a back seat? Like, that is just not going to happen. Brogdon's got a persistent elbow injury that he's out again for now. I would be absolutely shocked if we see Brogdon all season. I, I, I have been told that he will try to come back. I don't see it. That's just, that's the skeptical, uh, and I'm not really a skeptic that much, but that's the skeptical nature of me. Um, I'm usually the guy that pushes back against the shutdown narrative, but I, I don't see it for Brogdon whatsoever. Um, points leagues. Got Mark Williams on this list. That holds for categories. You, Mark Williams is not coming back. I feel pretty good about saying that. And I talked about this the other day on the top 12 players to you know, stash for later on. I don't think Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart are coming back either. The, all the comments from the Grizzlies and Zach Kleiman, GM, suggest that there is zero chance those guys step foot on the court this season. It hasn't been officially said because they can't officially say it, but there is almost no way there is any, well, let's say any meaningful role for Smart and Bain. And I'll say the same for Williams. I'm not there with Lamelo, but... I just don't know what's going on with him. I've got Boyan Bogdanovich, Dennis Schroeder on this list as well. I've got Grayson Allen and DeAnthony Melton on this list. Melton is going to come back to a bench role, it seems. He's been out for a long time with his back problem, and that means he's going to be limited minutes. I would even consider Melton a category league drop as well. Just not enough upside playing time or certainty around his back injury, but he's 100% DeAnthony Melton a drop in points leagues. And same with Grayson Allen. I would 100% hold Allen in cats. In points, no way. No, not worth it at all. And the last one there is, of course, once again, the big fella, Malcolm Brogo Brogdon. Um, let's talk about the players who have been the most added over the last 48 
hours. We use some metrics at Basketball Monster. We've got our advanced roster percentage number. And I'm using the Yahoo numbers, which you'll see are very low because people aren't very active at on fantasy at the moment. The number one most added player. I actually want to, to just lie a little bit here. Well, I'm not lying. I was lying. Now I'm telling you the truth. Is that I didn't include the most added player because I wanted to be in a spot here where I could just tell you or just bring up names that I hadn't mentioned already. Because the number one most added player over the last 48 hours was Keontae George, but I just spoke about him. So I'm trying to just avoid double up names. So I've got DeAndre Hunter. It looks like he's the most added player. He's not. It's Keontae George, but spare that. DeAndre Hunter, the most uh, added player that we need to talk about. Is he worth an ad? I don't think so. But I will say this. He's been great over the last few games. He's upped his efficiency. His free throw rate is through the roof, and I think he's like 15 of 15 in the last two games from the line, which is huge. There's still the problem that A, he's DeAndre Hunter, and B, Sadiq Bay is still there. And I don't really believe in 28-minute night DeAndre Hunter being a 12-team league guy, but people have taken a chance on it. I'm not really there on it. Trey Murphy's been added. Interesting. Murphy would have been a guy that I would have dropped. The absence of Dyson Daniels probably does help Trey a little bit. I'm not convinced that Trey is a must-roster player at all. I've got no problem if you want to add him. That's okay. I think his upside is only limited, or it's limited because of the presence of other players. And if those guys go down, then sure. But they're not. So, cool. Well, we know Zion's probably going down, but maybe not in the rankings or the injury state. Uh, In terms of... The next one is Dylan Brooks, which didn't expect to see Dylan Brooks up 5%. Brooks, honestly, has played well. He's top 100 over the last week of games, last week of game, game days. He's been awesome. A lot of that is Fred Van Vliet being out. They put a lot more minutes and usage into Brooks, and I wasn't sure that they would do that, but they did. I think Brooks still remains just a streamer, though, and not someone that I'm super keen on. Another Rockets player. On Yahoo, the most added guy is Amen Thompson, up 1,300. Amen is probably someone you can have. I think that there is a huge chance that when Van Vliet comes back, he plays 21 minutes and he is a complete drop. That is distinctly possible. But the fact that the Jalen Green, I say fiasco, it's not really a fiasco, but the Jalen Green stuff happened um, in the last game before the break makes me think that, do they see what they can do with Amen and Van Vliet together? Could that work? I know Amen can't shoot, but Fred can. So does that could that work together as a, as a backcourt pairing? So I don't mind the ads of a men here, but I think there's probably a greater than 50% chance he plays 22 minutes a night and is not going to be rosterable. You've got the big sneeze, Precious Achua, up 280 teams. I don't know why people were waiting to add Achua this long. I don't think there's any way that Achua has value uh, when players return. I don't know. There seems to be a common idea what well, uh, Thibodeau loves him. No, 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 he doesn't. Let me rephrase. I don't think that Thibodeau loves him because I saw when the team was healthy that he would play 12 minutes a night and not touch the ball. But when you lose Ananobi and you lose Randall and you lose Hartenstein and you've got no Robinson and there are no big men on the team, well, he's going to play instead of Jacob Topham. That's pretty easy. And the other guys are Jericho Sims and Taj Gibson, who are also not good. Precious is also not good. At the moment, he's put it playing 42 minutes a night. I get people adding him. Makes sense. I don't think it lasts. And then people also adding Paul Reed. What is the delay on adding these two guys? Very easy ads. But why the hell are we doing it now? Anyway, fine. Whatever. You've done it. You've added them. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also 
what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, LED headlights, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed or power or style or some sort of weird combination between all of them, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Love when my parts fit my ride. Because when eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers. I know that sometimes I do non sequitur tangents, sidebars, so to speak, because random things come into my head. So I was reading that eBay ad and I was like, I got like eBay Motors. And it makes me sound like the EA Sports guy. And then like, I don't know how my eBay, my EA Sports, the EA Sports. Eh, the EA was good there. The sports wasn't right. It's in the game. Eh, it's all right. But then I go down the rabbit hole of on social media of finding that guy. What's his name? Anthony, Anthony Alexander or something like that. I think his name is. And seeing people randomly meet him and him do the EA Sports thing live. Okay, that's pretty cool. And then I spend 10 minutes looking at Anthony Alexander. Again, don't know if that, I think that's his name. It's something like that. Apologies to Mr. Anthony, Mr. Alexander, Mr. Andrew Anthony. I don't know. Andrew, it's something. It's Anthony Andrews, it's a double A. I know that. Anyway, doing the EA Sports. EA Sports. It's not bad. Um, all right. So, yeah, non sequitur sidebar. I'm sure you missed those. Let's talk about droppable, uh, sorry, the most drop players. Get that garbage out of here. Who? has been jacked off fantasy teams the most over the last 48 to 24 to 48 hours. Number one, using our metric at Basketball Monster, is Markel Fultz down 5%. Yeah, he's been terrible. I talked about him on the biggest drops earlier today in terms of biggest production drops. He's hit 1-3 for the season. What? <laughs> one. He's, I think he's taken seven all year. That's ridiculous. He's losing minutes to Isaac and Suggs and Mr. Black at times. And Fultz is like, yeah, we don't need to hold him. Simone Fontecchio down 4%. I didn't think that would be the case. I don't think that Fontecchio is 100% a must-roster player. I think there's going to be a lot of shenaniganizing when um, punch-out legend Isaiah Stewart returns. If he returns, he's got a court date the 24th of Feb. I don't think there'll be any suspension before that, but we also don't know what his ankle injury is like. I would be... If this Pistons team, idiots, of course, if they don't, like, just... They just need to send him away and say, like, bro, like, don't play, have the court case, and then come back. But again... The NBA won't suspend him. The team should suspend him, but they probably won't because, and someone, people push back on me when I said this on Twitter, this team built around Isaiah Stewart. And you can tell me that I'm wrong. As much. No, they actually built around Cade and Jaden Ivey. Did they? Well, if they built around Jaden Ivey, why was he the 11th man in the rotation? Not true. Did they build around Jalen Durant? Cool. That's why they played Marvin Bagley and uh, James Wiseman over him to end last season. Cool. Did they build around him? No. They built around Isaiah Stewart. And I'll tell you why I know they built around Isaiah Stewart because they kept, they needed to find ways to keep him in a role. You're a center? No, no, we've got another center now. Oh, now you're actually a power forward. Uh, I, I can't actually do that. No, you can, you can. Oh, no, he's actually a really good shooter. There was so much propaganda about Stewart and his shooting and him being the new four and the fact that they just would not change that rotation or bring a power forward in or play Boyan Bogdanovic at the four because they needed to prioritize the leadership, the toughness, the grit that Isaiah Stewart provides. That is what I mean by build around him. It hampers the entire team. It's the way the Rockets built around Kevin Porter Jr. 
you can say that they didn't, but they said everything needs to be prioritized with Kevin Porter Jr. Take the ball out of Shingun's hands. Pair Porter and Jalen Green together. A terrible idea. Let's try and make Kevin Porter into a point guard when he's not. That is what they did with Stewart. So he's obviously, he's not their best player, and they never thought he was. But they focused so much of their rebuild around Isaiah Stewart that it screwed him. Anyway, Simone Fontecchio, sidebar. Wow, I didn't even know I did that. Fontecchio, yeah, look, they've got this Thompson, this Stewart. There is still um, Fontecchio. Like, he's fine, but he's a little bit of an empty points guy. Think um, Italian Santialdama. The Duck, Luke Kennard, yep, absolutely. Like, I can't trust those Grizzlies in their rotation at all. He's dropped 4%. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, yes, he was a nice ad for Thursday. He stunk on Thursday. Part of the appeal of grabbing a Wolves player was he played Thursday, then he plays Saturday, the next and the only low-volume day left this week. There are some big boys coming up. So if you added him, I probably just would have held waiting for that Saturday game, but I don't know. Santi Aldama, just talked about him. He's down 135 teams. Yep, he's just not a must-roster player at all. And Leaky Beasley, down 130. Great streamer. That's probably about it. Let's talk hot players. Happy birthday. Who's been in the top 100 that I haven't mentioned already over the last seven days of game action? Number one on that list is Dunkey Robinson, who just needs to be on a roster. Until we get um, Rogier and Josh Richardson back, I think Robinson's role is going to be pretty elevated. I don't think that Jimmy Butler really impacts Duncan a huge amount. Jimmy might be back after the break. We don't have any update on his personal thing, rightfully so. But Rogier and Richardson won't be. So Robinson's value is going to be up. And yeah, he just needs to be rostered. And given that he's appearing on this list, he's not. Going at him. Ayo Desumu. The Desumu Caruso Drummond Triumvirate. Seems to be a little bit up and down with that stuff. Desumu's been better in most games. Or he's been good in most games compared to bad in a couple. But he does need to be on a roster. And he's top 100 over the last week. Grant Williams. Yes, Grant Williams. Is unbelievably playing well. He's getting backup center minutes in Charlotte. Sometimes people overreact to a lot of stuff, right? The, the Hornets signed Marcus Bolden. You know who that is? If you don't, congratulations. You, you shouldn't. He was on the Bucks early this season. I think he, I don't know if he had a two-way or just a campion by anyway. Uh, undrafted player, I believe, out of Kentucky. But he signed a 10-day with the Hornets. So people just want to find, hey, man, does this mean it's the end of Nick Richards? Is he cutting through? Like, it's a 10-day center. I don't think that's the case. But, and I don't think it impacts Grant Williams either. It's just like, yeah, uh, the genius Nate Mensa probably isn't cutting it as a backup guy. And let's just see if we get a couple of garbage time minutes into this bloke. But anyway, Grant's playing good minutes. He's taking on some of the vacant shots that PJ Washington left. And he's doing it well. I don't have great confidence in Grant, but we've got enough to go and add him. I've got Rui Hachimura on this list because in the last week, he had an absolutely on-fire shooting game where he was hitting everything. Jared Vanderbilt bar being out does help Rui. And then LeBron popped off after the All-Star game and said, yeah, I don't know if I'll play first game back. Okay. What are you talking about, LeBron? So it is the first game of a back-to-back as they return. But yeah, we'll just watch that. Rui's a points league guy, which is fine. I still think he's a fringe 12-team points and he's definitely not a 12-team category league guy, even though... He's a top 100 player over the last week. I've got Zaire Williams there. Do I suggest adding him? Absolutely not. But the last game the Grizzlies played, this is the bloke that went off. That was a game where everyone was out. Everyone might continue to be out. But they could drop Luke Kennard back into the lineup and Zaire does nothing. And remember, Zaire has done nothing for three years, apart from one good game the last time out. But 
the value of him actually per game over the last week puts him into the top 100 because he had a, just a gigantic game. It's just one to watch for now. And the same with Eric Gordon, who's top 100, but that's because there was a little bit of an absence there for Brad Beal. And when Beal is out, Gordon's a play. And when Beal is back, Gordon is not a play. That's generally the rule. Let's look at some injury replacements. Who are some guys who have some value rising because of players injured? Now, this list is relatively short because I've talked about a lot of these guys already, but I wanted to just mention three names. Jordan Goodwin. Jacob Gilead has two games left. Actually, that's not true. Let me rephrase that. Jacob Gilead has two active game days left. I'd, I'd imagine that that also means two games because I don't think they're going to activate him and not play him. But he's got two days left to, on his two-way contract. They could convert him, yes, but they also might not. I wouldn't say that Gilead's done anything to suggest that they're going to be super hyped about keeping him. Jordan Goodwin started the last game. Scotty Pippen's out. I don't think Bain's coming back or Smart's coming back and Jar's not coming back and Gilead might not be there. And Goodwin's got an unbelievably good fantasy game. He's a points and rebounds point guard. He gets steals. He's out of position blocks. If he gets 30 minutes a night, guaranteed 12-team league player. Guaranteed. The problem is, he's on a 10-day. So they've got, I think he's got about six days left on his first 10-day. The 10 days don't count over the All-Star break. They don't count that part of it. It's only active NBA game days. Then he's got another 10-day he can sign after that. Then they can either convert him into Gilead's old two-way spot, or they can just give him the full-time last roster spot. That's possible as well. But if you want to talk about getting out ahead of it, it's only Gilead who's battling, though, I guess, and Canard. But Goodwin's the interesting one. Way more interesting than Gilead. So I don't mind that while Pippen is out and Bain and Smart and all those blokes are out as well. I've got Nick Richards there because he continues to be under-rostered. Mark Williams continues to be out. So just we just go with Nick. And the other one is Bruno Fernando. Capella and Okongwu literally might be back next game or in two games' time. But if they're not, then Bruno is a 12-team league player. He's not a long-term answer at all. I know he's a lob threat legend, but he's not a long-term answer. He's a guy that if Anekra Kongwu and Clint Capella are both out, we add Bruno, and we actually think that that's a top 100 play on the day that he plays, pretty easily. And then we move on later on. That one, I think, is relatively straightforward. And then six more names for us to talk about that I think are just worth a mention. We'll start with Andre Drummond, the big avocado in Chicago. It seems like it's very clear that it is just a matchup-based thing for Drummond. So when we look at the Bulls' schedule when they're playing against big lineups, <clears throat> as I lose my voice, then we, we look to his value. Last game was against Cleveland. He started and played 28 minutes. The game before, 16. The game before, 15. They play the Celtics, not a big lineup. They play the Pelicans, not a big lineup. They play the Pistons, not a big lineup. And then they play the Cavs and the Bucks. And you could argue that the Bucks with Giannis and Lopez might be okay for Drummond, but Vooch guarding, um, Vooch guarding Giannis, yeah, not sure about that. Then it's the Kings, small, Jazz, small, Warriors, small, Clippers, small, um, Mavericks, small, Pacers, small, Clippers, small, Wizards, small, Blazers, small, Rockets, small, Celtics, small, Wizards, small, Pacers, small, Nets, small, Wolves again. Uh, Hawks small, Knicks small, Magic small, Knicks small, Pissin small, Wizard small, Knicks small. So yeah, you might have two games in there. Maybe three if you count the Bucks. So does that make him a must-roster player? No. No, it doesn't. Andrew Nempard. I don't think Nempard's a very good high upside player at all. But he's getting a lot of minutes because Ben Matherin's terrible. He is generating some pretty interesting assist and steal numbers. And that might be enough to just have a little bit of value there, at least as a streamer in 12-teamers. There's a little bit there. Cam Whitmore. Whitmore's been out. 
Tyree Eason remains out. I don't think Eason's coming back straight away, by the way. But if Jalen Green does get benched, maybe it's a Men Thompson, but maybe it's Cam Whitmore. Brooks plays the two, Whitmore plays the three. Whitmore's a high usage player with a generally pretty good steal rate, pretty good rebound rate, hitting threes at a good volume. If he was to start, he would be a must-roster player. It's just one of those, eh, let's see. I would expect a man gets the nod over him, but I don't know. Also, the Rockets could start Aaron Holiday and make us all laugh. I've got the prestige penis here, grade A dick, because I just do think at some point they're going to say, Gary Trent and Bruce Brown, you are not it. You are not part of our future. Our future involves a lot of dick. And Grady has been pushed into you know, some tighter spots. And he's sort of doing okay in those areas. They want to see him flourish in these positions. And I, I think that we are going to... I don't know when it'll happen. We might get more dick on the 28th of February. We might be you know, just fully loaded with dick on the 14th of March. Maybe all the dick comes through at the end of March. I don't know. But at some point, you are going to get more dick. And he is a points guy. He's a threes guy. He's a steals guy. He's a pretty good free throw percentage guy, usually. And when I say steals guy, he's not like an elite steals guy, but he's a pretty good steals guy. He's big. He's got good size. 6'6", six, six, he's girthy. There's enough there for Dick that if he did, if we did see him push to 27, or if they come out tomorrow and say, yep, we're going to be prioritizing Dick here the rest of the way, then you add Grady. Because Trent and Brown are not it. The team is not it. The future, if they're going anywhere, is Barnes, it's Dick, it's Quickly, and it's Barrett. That's the future. So we'll see what, if, what they can bring. I put Trey Jemison on this list as well. You could put Lamar Stevens in that spot. I have no idea what they're going to do. Lamar recently came across in the trade. Um, Jemison's on a two-way, so he's going to be in and out of lineups. But we just don't expect that Jaron Jackson's going to play all season. So Jemison would probably start at center, and Stevens could get minutes at the four. Both of these guys have ability. Jemison's got more of the traditional fantasy game as a points, rebounds, field goal percentage blocks guy as a center. And that gives me a little bit more hope, but he's also that two-way situation's annoying. So they're just a name to watch. And same with Chris Murray in Portland. Chris Murray could take some of those minutes from Kamara, could take Thibel's minutes, could take Jeremy Grant's minutes. There's Jabari Walker there as well. But I wouldn't be shocked if we see Tumani Kamara at the three, Chris Murray at the four, Jabari Walker at the five, and Dwight Reith at the five. Well, Dwight Reith at the five and Walker. Sort of those three guys all mixing into those positions. Murray, Walker, Reith. Murray, I don't have huge hopes for long-term, but if you hit March the 25th, I don't actually care about the long-term. It's about what are you doing short-term. So Murray's just one of those ones, just a little bit of paying attention to, I think, is uh, is worthwhile. And that is the end of a rambling waiver Wire show. Don't forget to go and hit the thumbs up. Go and hit the notification bell. Subscribe. Leave your comments. And of course, double bang it up. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya.